I know it's not hard, but try and focus on what makes you excited about the platform versus what sucks about the platform. Um, There's a quote that I really love by Dan Sullivan, and it goes something like, you can either be creating or complaining, but never both at the same time. So um, obviously it's really good to get crystal clear on what category you're falling into, what it is, what is it that you're doing? Because if you're spending too much time being upset with the app, you're not going to have a positive experience on it, period. I am so excited for you to get to hear the rest of my inspiring chat with today's guest, Casey Good, or as you may know her online, Quigley. Now, you may have seen her impressive run on season eight of American Idol, but these days she's focused on growing her digital business, which is called Officially Quigley. Now, with Officially Quigley, Casey has been able to really set herself apart from other influencers in the digital space through story, or should I say through the art of storytelling. Quigley focuses on forming a deeper connection with her followers, and she does this by sharing stories from her past, by discussing meaningful subjects like psychology and the importance of mindset when it comes to growing a business and really staying true to yourself and what yourself is really telling you through that process. You won't want to miss some awesome nuggets that Casey shares with me today, especially if you are just starting out, if you're feeling a little lost among the shuffle and you just need to kind of walk along somebody who has been doing it, has seen success, but has also seen that kind of crossroads, if you will, of where do I go? How do I stick out among the saturation? All of that stuff, Casey is going to be able to support you in that. So this is definitely an episode that you want to listen to. Now, before we get to more of Casey's amazing conversation, I do want to give a quick warm appreciation to Rebecca today, who is our reviewer of the week. And she says, each episode, Julie delivers so much knowledge and content that we can take action on. I can't think of how many times I've listened to an episode and immediately began to make improvements on my side hustle. Her guests are all amazing and have so much insight to offer either through their own experience or the content that they offer. Some of my favorite episodes so far have been why Fear is Boring and Powerlessness is a Lie with Jane Swedmore. I listened to this one twice. How to Win Brand Deals with Brittany Hennessy and Never Struggle with Copy Again with Laura Belgray. So if that doesn't get you, I don't know what will. Definitely my favorite Boss Babe podcast. Well, thank you, Rebecca, so much for sharing with us what you really loved and giving us some of your specific um favorite episodes. I will have to tell you that one with James Wedmore is one of my favorites too, as is the Laura Belgray one. They really are incredible and just offered so many nuggets. I was taking notes like crazy. And I just want to remind all of you that are listening is that we really do appreciate here myself, my podcast editor, the little small but mighty team that I have that kind of works behind the scenes to make this podcast happen every week. We so appreciate every email Every direct message, every time that you stop and see me or one of us on, you know, at a store or at a street corner and tell us how much that you appreciate the podcast. It really does go far. We love to know how it's helping your life. We love to know the results, most importantly, that you're seeing from listening to this podcast. So please don't hesitate to shoot us an email, write a review on iTunes. That's another great way that we find things. Um, Send us a quick DM. Just kind of let us know how your journey with this podcast has been because all that does is allow us to continue to show up for you and really serve you in a way that gets you the results that you're looking for. So thank you so much for that review, Rebecca. I'm so glad that this podcast is helping you. 
Now, I want to also make sure that you share the love of today's episode on social media. So you can screenshot today's episode and make sure to tag me at Joel Solomon, hashtag the influencer podcast and tag our guest at officially quickly and let us know what you loved most about today's episode. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Quigley. It's so awesome to have you here today. Wow, Julie, I am so beyond excited to be here with you. I've been looking forward to this day for literally so long. It's going to be awesome. Um, and we have so much to to tackle and to dive into. Um, first, I want to ask you, Quigley, where did that name come from? So I originally moved out to LA in 2011 with the intent on pursuing a career in the music industry. And um, I had just gotten off uh, season eight of American Idol And um, I really wanted to separate myself and brand myself differently from the show. And so since I use my given name, which is Casey Carlson on the show, I wanted to pick an artist name that was um, quirky and more definitive of my music that I was making at the time, which was like an electronic pop. So I um, thought about my family names and my mom's maiden name is Potter and that was already taken. So I moved on to my grandma's maiden name, which was Quigley. And um, I just thought that that would be a really cool... um, quirky uh, artist name for my music project. So I um, started using it uh, to create music. And then when I transitioned into the world of blogging and social media, uh, all of my social channels were already branded that way. And so I just ended up keeping it. I love that. Um, So let's, let's dive into it. Tell us a little bit. I mean, I think that a lot of our listeners probably follow you already and know who you are, but if they don't, um, tell us a little bit about who you are um, and and kind of how, I mean, I know that you mentioned American Idol, but kind of where you started from, um, obviously the music side of things, but then kind of how and where you you got into what you do now, which is, you know, having an incredible online brand and, and influence. Yeah. Well, so like I said, I moved out to LA to pursue music. And um, in order to do that, you have to have content. And so I started um, working with friends who were photographers to create content for my social media channels to promote my music. And in doing so, I sort of created these amazing relationships with um, photographers where we would just play dress up and shoot, you know, whatever we wanted. And it was a total, you know, unbridled creativity when we'd get together. And I would pull like outfits of my mom's from the 80s. And we would just have fun playing dress up and seeing what kind of cool photos we could take. And so that, um, you know, started as sort of a necessity for my music but then sort of evolved into this hobby of mine um, and kind of became a means of escapism for me because I placed so much pressure on myself um, in uh, my creative process with music that I really needed some other form of creative outlet where I wasn't, you know, just sort sort of drowning in the the pressure of it all. And so I uh, would do these photo shoots with photographer friends. And when I'd shoot with one photographer, they'd tell their other photographer friends and and they'd want to shoot with me. And I just sort of said yes to every opportunity. And as I did that, um, more people shared my work on their channels. The more people I collaborated with, the more people would post about my work. And um, I sort of started to notice my following growing. And I was like, oh, this, this, is, this is interesting. This is different. Um, 
because at the time, Instagram was so new. I, I Nobody knew that it could really be a career for anyone to be an influencer or to create content for a living. So at the time, I was just doing it for fun. And I think that that uh, really helped out to not have that, that pressure at, at the beginning. And um, how were you able to, because what I think is so great about your brand, or you know, at least kind of what I see and, and what I consume as a follower of your brand is, is how unique that it is. You don't look like anyone else and not just even just from your looks, but the way in which you create content. I think a lot of times nowadays, I mean, you see, we all know, I mean, there's influencers, bloggers, content creators that will, you know, buy presets you know, and so the presets are awesome, but then their content ends up all looking the same because they're using all the same presets um, or, you know, their style or where they shoot or what have you. So how have you been able to really stick out among the saturation and just stay really true to who you are? Um, how has that process been when it comes to, you know, every day, like you planning out your content? Like how, how does that all look like for you in a way that is intentional and so authentic? That's a really great, great question. And I wish I had a, a, a one, one answer for this, but the truth is, is that it's been a journey and it's been a process finding my unique creative voice. And it's been so, it's, it's been a lot of trial and error and trial and error really, um, depends on whether or not you have a mindset for how your errors look, right? If you visualize your errors as being something to avoid then you're never going to find what works for you. And in order to do that, you really have to have this mindset of failure is not not an option. It is the only option. And in order for you to really hone in on what makes you you, you have to at least try. You have to at least start. And you have to at least start um, going outside of your comfort zone on what you think the traditional mold of what a blogger should be doing or how a blogger should look or how a content creator should make content and just really you're asking yourself, what is true to me and what is different about me and what do I have to offer the world that is a fresh perspective? And um, it takes a lot of uh, courage to explore that territory when no one else is doing it. For me, um, I really had a breakthrough when I started thinking about um, what my service was. Uh, because I started as a hobby, it was um, maybe about a year into creating content when I realized I'm doing this for me. I had been creating content because I needed to escape and I needed some sort of creative outlet outside of what I was really pursuing. And I got on this trajectory where I was, it was me, me, me. And it was, how do I travel to cool places? How do I get cool outfits to shoot? How do I work with the best photographers? And my focus really wasn't what do I have to give the world? And because of that, I plateaued. I got to this point where I was around uh, 60,000 followers, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but I, I couldn't take my work, quote unquote, to the next level. And I was thinking, what is it that other people have that I'm, I'm missing? What is, what is that thing? What is that secret that other people have that you know propel them to the top? And how am I missing it? My photos are great. The content that I'm making looks perfect. My grid is perfect, but like, I'm just not there. And uh, so I started really immersing myself in um, blog posts online. And I Googled things like, how do I become, you know, the best blogger out there? Like, what's the secret to engagement? 
And um, I, I kept looking for this external thing that was going to solve all of my issues and just, you know, really make my account blow up. And what I realized was that my sense of self was totally out of whack. My sense of worth was totally out of whack. And I had this idea that I needed to be seeking this perfect grid or seeking the most epic locations or seeking the most epic outfits in order to create the kind of content that I really wanted. Instead of looking inward, I was looking outward for these external forces that were going to validate me as a creator. Instead of taking a step back and saying, what is it, what is it that I'm all about? What is it that I have to offer this world? Instead of, instead of focusing so much on what do I have to gain, I started shifting my focus on what do I have to give. And that was giving to other people, but also giving to myself as well and taking that me time and really thinking about the way that I thought about self-care in order to put myself in a mental headspace where I could be creative, I could take risks, I could be vulnerable. And that's really when I started to have some breakthroughs. And um, those breakthroughs came in so many different ways. But one of the biggest ways that it came through was for me to start thinking of myself as a writer again. Because in the music industry, I thought of myself as a writer and that was my biggest strength. But on social media, on Instagram, I didn't tap into that at all because I thought it was a visual platform. You know, Instagram is about sharing images. And I didn't think that the, the caption was important. I didn't think people had time to read captions. And so I never put much weight into them at all. I kind of thought of my captions as an afterthought. Like I'd take a great photo and then I'd put it up and I'd, you know, try and come up with like a witty caption or something like a short one-liner that would just be good enough. And I realized that I was doing myself and my audience a huge disservice by holding that uh, part of me back and not sharing my full self. And um, when I started opening up, not just about uh, me, me as a writer, but just opening up about my fears and opening about, up about how I felt about Instagram itself. Um, just everything that I was afraid of, really leaning into those fears is what helped transform my content. And the reason why it transformed my content was because I started visualizing my art as a collaborative process. And I say collaboration because when you write a caption, when you post a photo, you write a caption, that's part of the equation. But the most important part of the equation that comes after that is the conversation and the dialogue that you can create around that caption and that photograph. And that's like, the art is not just your art. It's the art of the people responding to you as well. And the conversation that that creates and the collective consciousness that you can build around whatever topic it is that you're excited about. And so when I started visualizing it not just being about me, but it being about the people that I was serving, I had so many light bulbs go off and it really helped me start to see my content in a new and different way. Mm, I love what you said about the visualization piece and, and really kind of how you bring the audience into it. Um, how much or, you know, how do you use your audience's feedback or what you know about them or, or the content in which you know that they like? How were you able to discover that? And then how do you use that information to be able to build upon with your new content? Yeah, well, I actually did something um, 
last year that really helped me. And I, I think it would benefit anyone listening to this uh, if they're using Instagram as a platform. Um, I did a post audit and this is easy to do if you have uh, a business account because you can pretty easily pull up your analytics. But if you don't have a business account, you could just go, you know, go through your most recent, maybe 50 posts and pull out the ones that did performed really well for you. And what I did is I looked at my top, um, maybe 30 posts. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I think I measured them based on engagement and impressions and I made a bunch of categories. Uh, I, it was, you know, epic travel location, pretty outfit. And then I did also categories for the content of the caption. And, uh, I'd pull up a post and then I'd make a little tally for each topic. And, um, I started to realize that people wanted to see a certain type of visual content, and they also wanted to see a certain type of emotional uh, content in the caption. And um, I was able to eliminate some categories. For example, um, I'm excited about beauty, but I didn't have any beauty topics uh, checked off in my list at all. And so I was able to say, okay, maybe my audience isn't really interested in that right now. Or maybe they really, really want to see... a relationship post, but in order for it to be, um, you know, relevant to them, it has to have some sort of tie back to how can relationship, how can we build on relationships? So, um, it was really awesome to be able to see, uh, the visual and line that up with the caption. And I noticed that the caption was honestly so, 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 so much more important than I had thought. Because um, it wasn't like, oh, this is the outfit and where I where I got the outfit from, or this is how I got to this crazy location where I'm shooting on a cliff. It wasn't that. It was so much deeper than that. And when I realized that my audience was really, really excited about um, deeper topics, I thought, okay, this is it. This is my chance to really go even further with these topics that I'm really interested in and excited to explore and show them more of that. And, um, I was able to eliminate some of the things that weren't really working out for me, if that makes sense. That does make sense. And I, I love, thank you for kind of walking us through how you build that out. I think that that is so helpful. And again, so visual to letting people kind of see how they can start to apply that, um, to their content. My friends as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business. 
Go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business Business for sponsoring the show. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, challenges that you see influencers and bloggers making, whether it's on Instagram or whether it's when you go to events or you know anytime that they start to say like I feel stuck, I can't grow no matter what I do. What do you think some of the challenges from your perspective that you see are that kind of keep people in that in that loop of being stuck and not really getting to that next? you know, that next level and that next stage of where they want to be. Totally. Um, something that I heard so much last year was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of talk about the algorithm and a lot, a lot, a lot of talk about how Instagram is like out to get people and they just want you to buy ads. And that's why they're suppressing certain content. And, um, for me, it's very, very easy to um, place blame on external factors. What's really a lot harder is to take responsibility for your perspective. And that takes practice and mindset takes practice. And unfortunately we think that like, you know, as long as we think happy thoughts, like we're going to be able to solve all of our problems, but it's not that simple. Self-care is not just about not ever thinking negative thoughts um, because negative thoughts are going to exist. It's about having compassion for yourself when those negative thoughts arise. So it's not necessarily saying, don't think that way. Don't think that way. That way is wrong. It's just acknowledging that it's there and asking yourself, how can I see this in a new perspective? Because if we visualize Instagram as a negative space, our audience is going to pick up on that. So as much as we can do to remind ourselves that it is a tool for our business and it is something that we really, really can value and appreciate, uh, the, the better, the more we can do that, the better. And, um, I just think it's so important to remember how incredible this opportunity is. I mean, I think about my mom's generation, even like they did not have this platform to connect with people. As artists, 
we are living in the coolest time ever. We're literally living in the coolest time ever to be able to make art and turn it into a career. And um, also as influencers and content creators, more money is being spent on influencer marketing than ever before. Like there is more room for us in this space than ever before. So it is just such a shame and a disservice to not focus on those facts and make them your truth versus the algorithms out to get me. I hate Instagram. Instagram hates me. And why do you think, why do you think that it is? I mean, I have my own thoughts and ideas, but why do you think that it is that, because what you're saying, basically, I, I agree with you and, and the amount of energy and time that it takes to hate the algorithm that much and to obsess over it and to look up softwares and platforms and just spend so much time looking up what other people may or may not be doing to like try to figure out the algorithm. You could be spending on just really focusing on yourself and creating new and refreshing content that your audience Mm -hmm. is more attracted to. So what do you think is that reason that people tend to want to just focus on the negative and focus on the things that they really can't change? Well, I I think it's um, when we default to that's just the way the world is, we're not doing ourselves a service. If we believe that we don't have control, then we'll never take accountability for what we do have control over. Like you said, that that comes from the inside. That's an internal thing. And um, yeah, I guess it's a matter of, of whether or not you have a belief that it's in your control. And um, that's something that I think about really often, uh, having a fixed versus a growth mindset. Um, there's a book by uh, Carol Dweck called Mindset, and it's literally all about whether or not you believe that the world is this thing that is um, like totally, uh, that's just the way it is. It's fixed. It doesn't change uh, versus having uh, a growth mindset, which means you believe that there is possibility for change. You believe that you you are able to grow and change and learn from your mistakes. Mm. Um, so I guess to answer your question, I don't know where that, that, where that fear is coming from, but I do think it is, uh, 100% fear-based and, um, people just being afraid that if they truly bring their full self to the platform, it's it's still gonna it's still gonna fail. It's still gonna do bad. Makes sense to me. One of the things that you had mentioned to me before we got on the the chat is we were talking about how social media marketing is such a new thing. And you had given me three ways in which you make social media a positive space, you know, and really kind of trying to flip that that fear on its head, if you will. And, right. Um the three things you you talk about, you know, paying attention to your thoughts not giving so much weight to comparison. And then the third, which I love is you talked about paying attention to your intention on there. Um, and you said that even in your past, you had to set a clear boundary um, because you started getting bored and you needed to shut down the app. Can you kind of talk to me a little bit more about that and and how you've been able to really um, use Instagram as a tool and really be intentional about it for your growth and really for what what you want out of your online space in your brand. Totally. There are a lot of things that you can do to change your relationship with Instagram. 
The first one is obviously, like we said, pay attention to how you're thinking about the space. Uh, If it's a negative thought, Instagram's out to get us, the algorithm hates me, it's going to become a negative space for you. Um, So I know it's not hard, but try and focus on what makes you excited about the platform versus what sucks about the platform. Um, There's a quote that I really love by Dan Sullivan, and it goes something like, you can either be creating or complaining, but never both at the same time. So um, obviously it's really good to get crystal clear on what category you're falling into, what it is, what is it that you're doing? Because if you're spending too much time being upset with the app, you're not going to have a positive experience on it, period. The second is we give ourselves so, we spend so much time comparing ourselves to other on this, others on this platform. And I think one of the challenges is because Instagram was set up as a way to browse other people's content and see other people's lives. And, you know, with the scroll, you can get into this massive hole of, oh my gosh, people are out there. They're doing crazy things. It's so overwhelming. I'm just sitting here at my house consuming stuff. I'm not doing enough. And you get into the cycle of I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And um, we tend to look to other people to see how well we're doing. And that is the most painful thing in the world. Um, We also tend to like, have you ever noticed that you spend the most time on your phone looking at content when you have downtime? Oh, absolutely. So that's, that's the time when you should be focused or when it's probably best to do the things that really you need to do to refuel, but instead you're consuming more content. And so what I like to do is when I open my app, I like to be really, really clear on whether or not I'm there because I'm bored and I just want something to pass the time, or if I'm there with the intention of showing up to give to other people. And so it's something as simple as I just open the ask and I say, am I here to give good karma? If the answer is no, I turn off the app because I don't, I don't need Instagram as the place to fuel me creatively. I get creatively fueled by going on walks, by going to museums, by listening to podcasts, by turning on Whitney Houston and dancing like a crazy person in my kitchen. I don't get fueled necessarily by seeing other people do crazy things that I'm not doing. And of course, there's a, there's a healthy way to um, consume content visually that inspires you. But personally, I get so much more inspired by just being out in the world and having real human connections and real experiences off of my digital platform. And so I think it's it's really important to just set those boundaries and make sure that you're taking the time to refuel your soul as much as you are being, you know, on your phone and buried to your uh, and glued to your work. I think that that's such a great reminder and takeaway too of just being also being intentional with your downtime, right? Really, right? Right. I mean, that's yeah. It it really does. A lot of it does come back to that. Um, I want to talk about challenges for a minute because um, you shared with me a story and kind of opened up with a challenge that you had that I would love to dive deeper into. Um, I'll kind of like preface. You can kind of share a little bit more. But you said that around two years into you you know, creating content as a hobby, you built your following from 10,000 to 60,000, which is amazing, but it kind of started to plateau and, you know, like your following was tapering off, the algorithm was coming into play. And so things were just kind of all over the place. 
But it was when that moment happened that you started to really take time to reflect on what you needed to do to change up your game. And so you started reading a lot of blog posts and started listening to a lot of podcasts just on strategy and branding. And that's when you realized that you had no clue what your services are and what you were really showing up to do. You would post pretty outfits, but you were just kind of so busy that you didn't even really have enough time to actually, you know, see that through. Right. And so, um, I thought that that was really interesting that up until then you had kind of been viewing it as a hobby, but you never really took a step back to establish a business plan or have some kind of strategy in place and to to really start seeing it as a business. So I would love Mm -hmm. if you could kind of walk us through that a little bit. And I would love to know, you know, what, what were the resources that you use to really help yourself and educate yourself on making it more of a business and not a hobby? And what are the differences in your perspective of those two? So it's kind of a twofold question because I think a lot of people that may be listening, they don't even know that they're not using it as a business because they don't know what they don't know. And so they don't know any different. So for you, what, what was that difference that once you kind of you know, started listening to podcasts or blog posts or, you know, reading up on things and really started educating yourself on treating this as a business and not a hobby. What did that look like in terms of the differences? Yeah, well, it was a very jarring realization to be really honest, because I had started as a hobby and I, people started paying me for content, but like six months down the line, I was like, wow, people are paying me and this is my job. But like, I don't have a mission statement. I don't know what my business is. What is my actual service? I know that I'm my, my original like bio stated something like I love empowering women to make bold choices with their wardrobe. But when I actually looked at at the posts that I were doing, because the posts were what I was getting paid to do, the service was, was very vague. You know, I, I would post a photo of me and like, a fun outfit, maybe with a bold lipstick, maybe like sitting on a beach smiling. But I just feel like that can only inspire someone so much. And maybe I would tag the brand or they'd see where the the shirt was from. But oftentimes like stuff would sell out and I'd have people asking like, well, how do I get the shirt? And they'd, they'd get frustrated because they couldn't find my exact outfit or be the exact way that I was. And I, and I just realized there was a disconnect for me because I I wasn't really finding value in that. And I didn't, I wasn't sure if my audience was actually taking anything away from that as well. That's not to say that there aren't some bloggers out there who, who make fashion content impeccably. I just realized it, it, it didn't resonate with me as much as I wanted it to. And because of that, I wasn't really able to create authentic content. And, um, I kept trying to be like these bloggers that I admired and create content that was more like them versus leaning into what was unique that I had to bring to to the table, which was I was a writer and I was interested in things like psychology and marketing and mindset and self-care and self-love and relationships. And even though I was so passionate about the human brain and how, you know, uh, your relationship with yourself impacts your work. I just, I wasn't talking about those things. And I, because I didn't think that, to be honest, I didn't think that they fit. I was like, I can't really post photos of cool outfits and cool epic locations. And then also have this, this subject matter that's completely left field. Like I, I just didn't think that they went together. 
what I didn't realize was that that was the perfect combination that was uniquely me that was going to be the key to what helped me stand out. What was I, what, what I was so terrified of sharing was the one thing that was going to brand me as and put me in a category of my own. Um, so that was the first huge realization. And the way that I could really tap into those things was just taking that time to focus on, on, on me and really, really develop, uh, my relationship with myself and my spirituality. And what I did that, that wasn't intentional at first. I didn't say, how can I fix my business? I'm going to fix myself. It wasn't intentional. What, what, what did happen was I got to this place where I was extremely burnt out. I was spread way too thin. I was starting to resent the content that I was making. I was completely unhappy. And so I hit this breaking point where I was like, I don't even know if I can go on doing this anymore. And so I really was forced to take a step back and be a bit more introspective. And in that process, I, uh, you know, I went home to Minnesota for some time. I hung out with my mom. I read some old books about meditation that I hadn't read in a long time. I read some uh, Eckhart Tolle. I read some Brene Brown. I read some uh, Elizabeth Gilbert books that I hadn't read in a long time. And I realized I missed, I missed those topics and my heart ached for them. And I, and it, I, I needed so badly to share them with the world. And so I started journaling and part of my journaling process ended up becoming future captions. And, um, I realized that we, we do this thing where we always write the captions after the photograph, but why not let the visual content be inspired by what you have to say? And so I, I started experimenting with that. And I thought, and I thought, what do I have to lose at this point? And I opened up and I shared my thoughts and I realized people started, people started actually reading what I had to say and commenting back and saying, Hey, this really resonated with me. And I started having these conversations and building these connections that I had never built on the platform before. And that's when the fireworks went off. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it's all about. Getting a message from someone saying, you changed the way that I look at, about, or look at this app, or you changed the way that I think about myself. You changed the way that I think about relationships. That is what got me so excited. And I thought, wow, if I can do that for one person, I have like a hundred thousand odd followers. What if I can do that for all of them as well? What kind of ripple effect would that have? And that's what got me so excited about the kind of content that I was making. And I truly believe that it was by really taking a look and working on my relationship with myself that my business sort of fell into place, which is funny because it's kind of similar to how, how people talk about relationships, right? They always say, when you're single and when you're, when you're the most happy being single is usually when you attract your best mate. Have you ever heard that? I think I have. I think it's, it's yeah, it's like, um, I don't know want to call it like the law of attraction, but in some ways it kind of is. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think romantic relationships really tend to happen when we are really, really confident and okay with being ourselves. And we feel 100% worthy whether or not we're in the relationship. Yeah. And it's like, you're not really focusing on that. And so it's just part of this abundance. Like you get yourself as far as you can, and then the universe kind of just meets you where you are at that point. And it's, it's a, a lot of it, I think it's releasing control. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that, Sorry, that law right. of attraction happens to, to then flourish and grow. Right. 
And so I kind of had to do that with my business as well and sort of let go of what I thought I should be doing and focus inward on, you know, letting go of the pressure and just focusing inward on uh, what do I have to give? And that that was that was the turning point for me. Um, but I, I wanted to answer your question about uh, the resources that I, I used. And um, I will say yeah. 100%, um, just a quick little plug on the Influencer Podcast. I listened, I, I had a friend recommend your podcast probably about a year ago now. And um, in that year, I've grown almost 100,000 followers. And I do feel like a lot of it has been due to your help because... Uh, I, I, there are some episodes that you had about branding, about, um, pitches, about marketing and, um, your aha moments that you had with, um, with, uh, things like reward style that really helped change my perspective. And I'm just so thankful for that. So thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you. Um, and let's see, another thing was just, uh, remembering that, uh, I don't just need visual content to be inspired. I can read, I can go see movies, like even just like seeing a movie and then reflecting on how it affected me emotionally afterwards could turn into, um, you know, an interesting caption. Um, I read this one book called uh, Talk Like Ted, and it's a compilation of all of the best TED Talks in the world and what specific things those TED Talks had in common. And that was another aha moment for me because I was, not seeing Instagram as a means of storytelling. I was seeing it just as a means of like, almost like a visual resume. And I was missing like a huge, huge, huge part of the equation by not telling a story through each and every photo. Um, and so that was another big transformative process for me. Um, and that was just by picking up a book and, you know, spending that time really immersing myself in learning and exposing myself to new ideas. And what would you say in terms of like a time frame? Because I think a lot of this is also mindset that you gave yourself the permission to see it differently. You really wanted it. You know, like you really wanted to see, like you wanted you wanted this to grow and it wasn't just for vanity metrics. Like you wanted to create a business out of this. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you to really start to see a difference? Yeah, well, um, so I was working part-time uh, at a bar, which I think a lot of people generally start off content creating with some sort of other side job. And, um, that was the first sort of hurdle to overcome was this fear of if I quit my side job, will I be able to support myself financially? And that was this terrifying leap. Um, once I was able to make that leap and go full-time as a content creator, I opened up so much more space for creativity and so much more space, um, to focus on it as a business and not just as a hobby. And so I had to have both sides of that equation. Um, and so I started um, building some strategies around what just I saw other, what I saw working for other people. And um, this wasn't like strategies in the sense of like, oh, I got to travel to all these crazy places or buy all these crazy outfits. It was what I, I really took a look at what is working for other accounts that really makes me feel connected to them and really resonates with me on a, on a human level. And I realized that there were these accounts that I felt really, really, really close to, like almost like they were my best friends. And I, I, I started to pinpoint what exactly is it that they're doing? Um, this one account uh, was really, really 
really good at always commenting back to the people that commented on their uh, posts. And I remember thinking, who has the time to do that? Who has the time to respond to every single message that they get on a photo? But I just was like, it's working for them. So I'm going to try it and just see what happens. And as I started uh, making that um, a habit of mine, I realized that every time I actually talked to someone and responded back to them in real time, it was making this, this ping, this connection, this like magical little burst of energy. And every time I did that, I realized I'm, I'm building these relationships slowly and the relationships are, are what matter so much. And so that was the first thing. It was really, really paying attention to I'm here, I'm on the space to connect with people. And each each relationship is so, so important. One of the ways that I started to humanize the app as well was not just by responding to people, but actually sending them a personal message, thanking them for their time and responding to my comment. So I would literally go on my, I'd make a post. And if someone would comment back like, nice shirt, I would go to their page and I would message them like a personal message being like, thank you so much for commenting on my photo. (laughs) I would sometimes even send a voice memo or an actual video of me being like, hi, thank you so much for noticing my work. And like, it's, it was those simple things that built up over the space of like six months that I truly think made my engagement so, so well, because it wasn't about, um, just the one post. It was about this, like the longevity of, of my relationship with the people that I was, um, interacting with. And, um, that also meant me going to their pages and really, really uh, being a cheerleader for my friends and my people on this app. Like I care so deeply for the people and the creators that are on this journey with me. And I see it so much as a collaborative process. Like when my friends succeed, I succeed. And when I succeed, they succeed. And it is just such a, a symbiotic thing. And I think that that's another thing that the content creators can really get... Um, bogged down with is, is judgment of other people's work. Um, I'm not sure if, if you notice this as well, but I tend to realize that when I'm really critical of other people's work, it generally means I need to take a look inside and see why it's bothering me so much and, and what I need to work on with myself because Instagram is, is, is like a mirror. And the more we like, if you're ever scrolling and you're like, Oh, seen that, Oh, overdone. Oh, seen Paris a bajillion times. Like if you're ever scrolling and you and you realize that you're you're being critical of other people, that's fear, man. That is fear dressed up in a fancy <laughs> outfit, trying to pretend like it's it's doing you a service. And it is not doing you a disservice because any hate outwards is always another form of of, of self-hate because you are always the recipient of that negative energy. So um I, I really started trying to pay attention to when I'm judging other people or labeling other people or upset that other people are all the same. It probably means that there's something really vulnerable inside of me that, that wants to be different and needs to be heard. And, and it's time for me to really take a step back and, and kind of cradle that little mm-hmm. voice inside my head and say, it's okay. And uh, that really started to, to, to help me when I, when I realized that. Yeah, it's so true. And I just, I loved what you mentioned about just, it, it really is a reflection in a mirror. And if you're, if you're eye rolling something or getting a little like, you know, 
oh, I've seen that or judgmental about something that's, that's really should be just kind of a, a reflection for you as to, um, there's kind of a saying that goes like, show me what you're jealous of and I'll show you what you should be doing. Interesting. So, yeah. So it's really, um, to kind of use those moments of, you know, why am I judging this? And what is this saying about me? Mm-hmm. You know, does like, what is me judging someone for being in Paris and doing, you know, a Parisian piece of content really saying about how I'm not showing up right. or how I wish I could be showing up right. or what I'm, I may wish that I could do differently that I'm not. Right. Um, so I love that you, that you touched on that. I want to chat quickly um, about your upcoming program. Um, you have um, a brand new first ever um, online class called Soul Show Media, which is a self-care and mindset class for content creators. Um, tell us a little bit about that and what people can expect in terms of you know, results um, of, of what your intention is that they get out of it. Totally. Um, so it's kind of... We've, we've touched on a lot of the topics that the class covers, but um, essentially... You know, like I said before, uh, in my year of extreme growth, I think I I was able to grow my following about 100,000 in one year. I had a lot of people reach out and say, Quigs, what are you doing? What's your secret? What's that one thing? Like, how are you doing it? And uh, people would, you know, like slide into my DMs asking me this. And I wanted so badly, like I'd actually sometimes sit down on my couch and write people full on essays about all of the strategies, the techniques that I was trying and all the things that were working for me. And, and I just wished so badly that I had a way to like sort of expedite that, giving that knowledge to them. Cause there were so many things I was so passionate about, but I just didn't have the time to really sit down and explain it to everyone. And, um, so that's sort of when I had the idea of creating a class. Um, and at first I thought, okay, I'm just going to do an intro to influencing class. I'm going to do an intro to content creating and I'm going to kind of lay out the basics of, um, you know, how it is I do what I do and how I set up my career. But then I started doing some market research and I realized there were already a lot of classes out there that provided that service. And I started reflecting on what it was that I truly did differently. Um, and it wasn't the basics of influencing. It was really how I thought about what I was doing, how I thought about failure, how I thought about success how I thought about the world around me, how I thought about my relationship with myself that propelled me forward and really set me up with a foundation of being sustainable in that kind of high level of creative output. And I realized that that was the information that was so important that people really um, got down before they even moved on to the basics. Um, And so I decided to create a mindset class for content creators And um, there are seven different modules and each module addresses a mindset adjustment that I made in order to uh, change the trajectory of my career. And um, I'm just so, so, so excited to finally be able to share this information with people in an easy and accessible way. Mm, I am too. And I think that it's really going to be able to resonate to a lot of those out there who feel that they need a lot of that um, mindset shift, you know, and more of the intentionality. I'm really excited um, for that and for you. So congrats. That's amazing. Thank you, Julia. I've been so inspired by you. And and I I have to say that uh, I I owe you like so much of, of you know, how far I've come in, in my career. And so, yeah, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. And you did all the work. Thank you for showing up. <laughs> and, and I didn't do anything. Thank you for showing up. Um, 
So before we wrap this up, um, I want to ask you, what does influence mean to you? To me, influence means finding a way to use your voice in order to create a collective voice. And really, influence is not a one-way street. Influence is a two-way street. And once you see influence as a conversation instead of a soapbox, you are going to create more meaningful art than you ever have before. Mm, That's awesome. I love that. Um, Well, Quigley, where can people connect to you? Um, We have a lot of our listeners. What we love to do is screenshot the episodes after we listen to them, and then they'll tag me at Jill Solomon, and they'll tag you, and then they'll let us know their biggest takeaway or something that just really connected to them or resonated with them or a part of your story that they saw themselves in. And I love when they do this just because I love to get the feedback. I love to share it on my story too. So um, where can people find you to be able to do that today? Oh my goodness. Well, everyone can find me on Instagram. That's where I spend a lot of my time uh, at officially Quigley and um, also uh, officiallyquigley.com. And um, at the social media, if you're curious about the class or want to talk to me a bit more about the class, I'm telling you guys, I'm always present on my Instagram. So if you slide into my DMs, I will most likely send you a voice memo or a video memo back. I know that this is inviting trouble for me, but bring it on because I want to connect with you. I want to talk with you. Thank you so much for listening to what I have to say. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And um, I can't wait to see what's next for you and see how amazing your program does. Thank you, Julie. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again, same time, same place next week. Next time on the Influencer Podcast. It was the most anxiety-ridden six months of my life. And I saw to a T what what basing your worth on your social media looks like, Mm. you know, which when you're in it, I just knew I was like constantly anxious. And I'm like this doctor who's so prestigious and has, you know, he wanted to be a plastic surgeon. He's operating on people every day. He works in Beverly Hills, like, you know, this whole thing. And he's texting me from the OR saying, why did this picture get 300 likes instead of 400? (laughs) Like, this is crazy. Right.